you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose. And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valves exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments the health equivalent to Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. It's weird medicine, the first and only uncensored. <laughs> wow, that was close. That was close. It's weird medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Welcome back, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve, glad to be here. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. And visit our uh, website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy or go to our new merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Check us out on Twitter, Weird Medicine or Dr. Scott WM. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything over with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything here on the show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right, very good. Hey, don't forget to check out feels.com slash fluid. Feels.com slash fluid. Not only uh, do they... Uh, provide us with uh, broad spectrum CBD that's uh, pharmaceutically, you know, accurate as far as their uh, their um, you know GC mass spec is concerned. They uh, prompted Dave Cecil and I to 
produce a new song just for them, and then he ended up liking the song so much we recorded it for him. So, <laughs> Uh, if you didn't get to hear it, listen to the end of last episode. And uh, stuff.drsteve.com for all your Amazon needs. Stuff.drsteve.com. You can get everything there. Except right now, hand sanitizer. <laughs> you maniacs with the hand sanitizer. And then uh, tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID for 33% off the best earbuds uh, for the market on the price. I mean, on the market for the price and the best customer service anywhere. If you want to lose weight with me uh, without having to contract some damn virus, go to noom.drsteve.com. You get two weeks free of the Noom app, which you can do on your Android or um, uh, uh, iTunes or iOS, whatever. What is it called? Apple. What it, what's the operating system? Just phone operating system, iOS. iOS, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, iOS. Sorry. I'm an Android I'm guy. An idiot. Yep. Yeah, I'm an Android phone guy. I'm yeah. a Mac guy all the way, but Mac I've Daddy. never had a, a, a an iPhone. But uh, noom.drsteve.com. It's not a diet. It's a psychology app. It will change your relationship with food, and it has uh, allowed me to remain at my ideal body weight for some time now. I'm very excited about it. Don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website. It's simplyherbals.net. Is it still up? It is for now. Yeah, he's still selling waning. some stuff on there. Yeah, waning. Well, we let's still got stress less than them. Yeah, unless we unless we get somebody to buy it, that that'd be ideal. Okay, well, the go, sinus the sinus spray for sure. Go check out poor old falling down. Scott's yeah, falling down. Place at simplyherbals.net. and um, uh, so yeah, so you haven't been here for a while. This mm-hmm. has become coronavirus podcast yeah. or uh, radio show. But I did want to give some updates on some things. Um, there, a couple of shows ago, we were talking about this drug called remdesivir. Have you heard about it? No, I haven't. Okay, well, let me see if I can get this to come up. So remdesivir is a broad-spectrum antiviral, and this company called Gilead Sciences is working on it. And um, they're working uh, closely with uh, global health authorities to respond to the novel coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak. So remember, the virus is called SARS-CoV-2, but the disease that it causes is called Mm COVID-19. So it's coronavirus disease 2019. Um, They're doing experimental uh, use of an investigational compound called remdesivir. It's actually not a compound. It's a... It's a molecule, but anyway, uh, together with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the CDC and the Department of Health and Human Services and National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, oh, and the Department of Defense, uh, oh, and the China CDC and the National, geez, well, they're working with everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're focused on um, working on this drug called remdesivir. So it's an investigational nucleotide with uh, broad-spectrum antiviral activity. It's not approved anywhere globally for any use, Hmm. but it has demonstrated in vitro and in vivo activity in animal models against viral pathogens of MERS, that's the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, which is much more deadly. But, uh, well, what a coincidence. Tacey, you're on weird medicine. <laughs> and then she hangs up. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my God. How many years? You think we do up here. Um, so MERS is Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. It is much more um, uh, or has a much higher mortality rate per case, but it is much less transmissible. Apparently, MERS gets deep down in your lungs, and it's hard for you to transmit it unless you have a big old lung, you know, lung hockey okay. that you cough up, and then somebody somehow, you know, touches that and puts that in their mouth. Okay. And then SARS, which also was um, less of a um, of a crisis because it really didn't spread outside far outside of Asia, but they're also coronaviruses. And they're structurally similar to this COVID-19. And uh, limited preclinical da- data on remdesivir and MERS and SARS indicate that remdesivir may have potential activity against COVID-19. Hmm. So it's an experimental medicine. It's only been used in a small number of patients with COVID-19 to date. So how do we, 
this is where I wish Cliff was here because he would um, give me more of the lay person's answer. But how would you determine whether this stuff works? What do you think, Dr. Scott? How would you do it? Well, outside of a double-blind placebo study. Which I would not do in this case because no. it would be unethical. So, right. yeah, so we'd, we might want to do a blinded study but not placebo-controlled. Right. But anyway. Yeah, I think – well, I think certainly <laughs> – I think in a lot of cases, things like this, they're starting to fast track them through the through the FDA. Yeah. So, but how would you know if this stuff does anything? The the medicine itself, yeah, by giving it to someone who's 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 got all the signs and okay, symptoms. Okay, so they it. get better. So what? Ninety six percent of people get better anyway. You've got it. You've got to measure that with people who don't take the medicine and and give the timeline of if if they stop ha- having a fever in two days instead of four days, that's an improvement. Or there you go. How many people don't do not have to go on to a ventilator? That's right. Which is really so, what freaks. What what you're really, really pointing poor. out, I hope th- this is the point you're trying to make, in eloquently as as you are, yes. is that you know you got to test a shitload of people because if 96 percent of people get better, you mm-hmm. know, that's assuming a four percent mortality rate, and it's and we're going to talk about that in a minute because it just depends. Mm-hmm. It depends on who you are, what your mortality rate is, but overall. Uh, let's say it's three percent. So then you got you've got ninety seven percent of people get better anyway. So you give this to a hundred people and ninety seven of them get better anyway. You know you're like, well, it looks like it works. Well, no, the three percent are still dying. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, I don't have I don't have COVID nineteen. I've got bad allergies. So you which, and me, by both. the way. This is allergy season. Then you get on a plane and you're, you know, hacking and stuff. Everybody's going to look at you sideways. That kind of sucks. I've been telling people that for this whole week. I'm allergic to the Bradford pear trees. And when they turn white, I start sneezing. Is that right? And I am just miserable, and I'll be miserable for two more weeks. So how do you tell if somebody is um, is a candidate to be afraid of? It's if they have a fever. The fever, correct. Yep. And typically, I don't I don't think they're seeing as much of the congestion and the nasal runny runny noses with the, with the the COVID nineteen. My understanding, it's cough and fever right. for the, is the big thing. Right, it's not the runny nose and no diarrhea. Cha cha cha, which right. is good. Although the virus is being excreted in stool, so he's still, I mean, he's going to be clean. Right, sure. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so how would you tell? Well, you give this stuff to thousands of people, Mm -hmm. and then you see if you can reduce that, the rate of, like Dr. Scott said, can you reduce the duration of the illness? Mm -hmm. Can you reduce the number of people that end up on a ventilator and then ultimately are you reducing the number of people who die yeah the severity of it so but you have to because most people have a mild self-limited illness you got to give it to a shitload of people for this to make any sense at Mm -hmm. all you know and i was just reading too dr steve and i know you know this but about the 1918 um flu yep the h1n1 i was just looking at the numbers on this thing and it's staggering insane it's a staggering you know, you're talking about 500 million estimated worldwide yep. that got the flu. That was, and they're saying somewhere in the neighborhood of 675,000 United States citizens died from yeah, that flu. Worldwide, it was um, 50 million, 50 million people. Yeah, yeah so, so you had 50 million die. Yep. Yeah. 500 million got it. That yep. was that was 10 percent. That's of a big the number. World's population. So 10 percent of 10 percent is one percent. So this killed one percent of the world's population. You say, well. You had a ninety-nine percent chance of not dying, right. but it was still fifty million, million people. people. That's how big a billion is. It's massive. You know, there were five billion people on the earth at that time. Yep. So, um, yeah. So one percent of five just say one percent today. What, what is that? You know, what's yeah. the population? Well, let's find now? out. Echo. What's one percent of seven point five billion? One percent of seven point five billion is seventy-five million. million. Yeah, yep. That kind of followed from one percent sure, of five sure. billion, but um, yeah. So uh, yeah, um, it's a big sure. damn number. It's and a big even though number. Oh you, gosh. the vast majority of the people, gonna be okay. Overwhelming majority were f- totally fine. Yeah, it's crazy. One thing uh, that we did learn from that, <clears throat> and I'm going to get back to this remdesivir. On September 28th, 1918, Liberty Loan Parade in Philadelphia, 
So they decided, you know, in the middle of this pandemic, we're going to have the parade anyway. They It prompted a huge outbreak of flu in that city. There's a huge spike. Yes. You look at other cities that had, um, uh, you know, started to quarantine and I said do self-isolation even in 1918, you see no spike. You see just a sort of a smoldering amount of cases. Mm-hmm. So self-isolation really does work. Mm-hmm. And uh, quarantining people works as well if we have to if we have to get that far. Huge, yeah. We're, let me talk a little bit about these remdesivir trials. Yeah. Uh, Gilead initiated these trials. They initiated two phase three clinical studies. So phase three clinical studies where you're giving this to thousands of people. Okay. So phase one. So you have this sort of preclinical phase. You have the discovery phase where you oh we think we've discovered something. And you have a preclinical phase where you start thinking well how would we give this to people and uh, do we you know if we give it to rats does it just automatically kill them and then uh, phase one you give it to a few people to see if as long as people aren't dropping dead maybe you've got some benefit of course with this a phase one trial of 100 people ain't gonna tell you anything Mm -hmm. you know you're you're just they're just not dropping dead from taking the medicine Mm -hmm. and then you have your phase two trials where you'll do even more people, and now they're up to phase three on this remdesivir. Hmm. So that's when you blast it out to thousands of people, and you're looking at efficacy. In other words, does it benefit people? And if so, how? And then you're looking at safety. Does it harm people? If so, how? Mm-hmm. And then phase four would be post-marketing. So that's after you bring it out to market, then you just follow people. Now you've got millions of people taking it. Mm-hmm. Is there a small effect that you could have missed? Mm-hmm. You know, If you have an adverse effect of, let's say, cardiac events, that's one in 10,000 people, mm-hmm. you won't see that till post-marketing when you've got millions of people on it. Right. Okay. Makes sense. All right. So Gilead has initiated two phase three clinical studies to evaluate the sef- uh, safety an efficacy of remdesivir in adults diagnosed with COVID-19 following the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's rapid review and acceptance of Gilead's investigational new drug filing. Good. Yeah, this is one. They've had this drug for a while. They were using it on uh, some other things. And they said, hey, we've got this drug. Works. We've got some data. Although that's going to be limited data because there weren't that many MERS cases in general. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, the randomized open-label, multi-center studies will enroll approximately 1,000 patients at medical centers primarily across Asian countries, as well as other countries globally with high numbers of diagnosed cases. So I would assume Italy would be in there beginning March 2020. So that's they're doing it now. The first of two studies will evaluate the safety and efficacy of both a 5-day and a 10-day dosing res- regimen of remdesivir in addition to a standard of care. Okay. So um, you treat them like you normally would, but you add this stuff for patients with severe manifestations of COVID-19. So they're going to hit the most severe patients because, you know, maybe down the line we'll find out, well, you need to start this stuff before they get severe. Mm -hmm. You know, that's uh, Tamiflu is that way. Right. You need to institute Tamiflu in the first 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't know how severe your syndrome is going to be at that point. Second study will evaluate the safety and efficacy of the same dosing regimen of remdesivir in addition to standard care of patients with moderate manifestations. So they're going to hit the people who are ending up in the hospitals first, and then they'll do this second arm where it's people that are just starting to feel like crap. I don't know how they're di- they're di- or um, how they're going to tease out moderate manifestations versus mild, and they're going to do it compared with standard of care alone. So they'll have all these controls out there. It's just people that they didn't give the drug to, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they can compare that because they're really every patient is being monitored at this point, at least statistically. Now, there are other trials. Health authorities in China have initiated two clinical trials in patients who have been infected with COVID-19 to determine the safety and efficacy of remdesivir as a potential treatment for the coronavirus. Two studies are being coordinated by the China-Japan Friendship Hospital and are being conducted at multiple sites in Hubei province. Uh, Gilead is providing study drug at no charge and provided input on study design and contact. So we don't have any uh, good results yet. There is a phase two adaptive randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial to remdesivir done by the uh, NIAID. 
um, and they're looking at people with uh, COVID-19, and they're providing study drug there, too. So, All right, so we'll just see. There is some compassionate use. Let's see what they're saying here. Uh, it's important to note that results in individual compassionate use cases are not sufficient to determine the safety and efficacy. So you can apply for compassionate use if you've got somebody that's really in dire straits and you're at your last legs. They'll provide you with the drug, but it doesn't get included in the study okay. data. That's really what they're saying there. Hmm. So who's at risk of dying from this stuff? That's what we all care about, sure. right? I am. I kind of almost don't care if I end up in the hospital as long as I don't die. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Richard David Smith ended up in the hospital with flu, ended up on the ventilator, but he's okay now. Oh, good. So I think he would be mm. a proponent of uh, aggressive treatment in a case like that. He's one of our biggest proponents of influenza vaccine because of that. But um, if you are uh, less than 10 years old so far, and we're recording this on Wednesday, March 11th, mm-hmm. there have been zero cases of kids dying from this disease. Now, that is interesting because usually it's bimodal. You get a bunch of little kids and a bunch of old people who die from these things, you know, like influenza and stuff. Hmm. Zero fatalities, zero to nine years old. Now, when you get 10 to 19, it's 0.2%. So my kids are, um, you know, 15 and 16. Mm-hmm. They have a 99.8% chance, if they get it, of not dying from good. it. So That's I'm, a good thing. It is a good thing. Their dad, hey, not, not, no, so, much. not so rosy. <laughs> so it's 0.2 and 0.2 uh, all the way from, uh, so it's 0 up to 10 years old, and then from 10 to, to uh, 40, it's 0.2. From 40 to 50, it's 0.4, so it doubles, but still low, mm-hmm. right? And then you get up to 50 to 59. How old are you? 51. Okay, so your odds of dying are 1.3% if you get it. Well, shit. Yeah, it's still. It's, yeah, it's three times. Now, that's what a I was going to say. That's a hell of a Three more times than, yeah. more than a 40 year old. But you can say, what's 300% more? Well, this just shows the difference between relative risk yeah. and absolute risk. Right on. So relative relative risk is three hundred percent more. And if I told you that, <laughs> you'd be shitting I'm yourself. Fucked. I'd but, be going to the bank and pulling out all my that's money. Right, and that's right. Spending on hookers and cocaine. I'm, dude, I'm so with you on that because mine is three hundred percent more than yours. Oh jeez, which means nine hundred percent more than the forty year old, but still low. So yours is one point three. So if you get it. You have a uh, 98.7% chance of surviving. Yes. Okay. I mean, seriously, if I gave you those odds, you'd go to Vegas and spend sure. every penny. Sure, sure. On, you'd bet it all on black. Yep. yep. Double up, double up again. Yep. Be a while before you'd probably lose. Yep. Okay, so 60 to 69, 3.6%. So that's me. I'm 64. So I still have a. What is that? 96.4% chance of not dying. Still pretty good on it. 70 to 79, 8%. Still not bad. 92% chance of not croaking. Then if you're 80 or more, then, well, you don't, you don't want to know the number for that one. So, <laughs> no, it's 14.8%. And they'll give you this other number of 22%. That's in confirmed cases. But remember, there's a ton of presumed cases mm-hmm. in China that were not confirmed because the the uh, test wasn't ready yet. Right on. So that's why you you can get those two numbers. Now, if you're male, overall, uh, in uh, 2.8% mortality rate, and this is all cases, that includes unconfirmed cases. If you're female, 1.7%. So you're twice, you know, well, mm-hmm. no, that'd be 3.4. So a little less than twice is likely to die from it if you have a, if you're you a boy. Know, a, an X chromosome. Sure. Yeah. Now, this is the one that bugs me. Pre-existing conditions. If you have no pre-existing condition, your death rate for all cases is 0.9%. But who has no pre-existing conditions? The top five pre-existing conditions were cancer. Hypertension, chronic respiratory disease, that'd be emphysema, Mm -hmm. diabetes, or cardiovascular disease. Now, 
I have hypertension. At least mm-hmm. I've been diagnosed with it. I'm on medication. I Since I lost all this weight, I don't know if I still have hypertension. But does that count as treated hypertension? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have to have an elevated blood pressure or just have the propensity toward hypertension? I looked everywhere, have no idea. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't say diagnosis of. So I'm assuming it means when they came in, their blood pressure was elevated. Right. That's what I'm hoping anyway, because mine's always low. But in that case, it's 6%. And cancer is less than that, 5.6%. What the hell? Wow. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, it sounds like those, the trends, is, the older you get, the, the more devastating the disease is. It just kind of makes you think that Yeah. hopefully, if if you are in pretty good shape, yeah. that you've got a, a, a pretty good fighting chance to... Well, the penetrance of this is the other question. Yeah. So that influenza virus in 1918 penetrated the population to the tune of 10%. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if this penetrates to the tune of 10% and continues to have a 3% mortality rate, mm-hmm. it'll be less than the influenza pandemic. That will still be the worst human pandemic on record. Sure. Right? Yep. So because then they they had 1%, so this would be a third of that, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's at 3% and that was 10% mortality. Mm -hmm. So that would be good. Yeah. Now, if it's twice that, if 20% of people get it, then it's still less than that pandemic, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But if it's, you know, if we come up any further than that, then it's sort of getting close to that. And if it's like 50, 60 percent, then this will be worse than as far as absolute numbers of people who die mm-hmm. will be worse than uh, the pandemic. Still, most people won't get it. Right. You know, if it's under if it's under, you know, 40, you know, under 50 percent of penetrance, mm-hmm. most people won't get it. Mm-hmm. And of those that do, the vast majority of those will not die. Right. Well, and you've, you've, so your odds are good. Anyone that's listening to this, your odds are good. Yeah. Yeah, just practice good hygiene. But you know, Dr. Steve, too, you think about, too, if, if, if let's say the um, the Spanish flu, is it called, 1918, yep. and, and, and the coronavirus, is, is, let's just say if these viruses are exactly the same as far as penetrance and things of that nature, yep. at least we have now a little bit better technology. This is true. You know, health, health, thank goodness, Western medicine has continued to yep. advance. You know, back then, there was not a lot of great well, um, ventilators. ventilators, right? And not, uh, not communication. In other words, you know, the ability for us to know that China's got this disease today yes. in real time is beneficial to, I think, to the, to yep. the, to the reducing the spread so absolutely, that's, and that's you know, big, people a, are politicizing this, and I don't care. You know, I'm a libertarian. Oh hell, they they, so. per, they politicize a fucking chicken sandwich if they could. You know what I'm saying? Give yourself a beer. Give me one of those people. Come on. Uh, people are politicizing. You know, well, Trump is in. Do you know? It's like, what do you want him to do? This yeah. is coming now. The one thing that he did do was ban travel immediately, mm-hmm. sure. and that slowed this the this thing down right. to the point that you know we first thing you try to do is is contain it and then you got to mitigate it mm-hmm. that's the, the, the that we really don't have any other strategies for this until we have treatment until you treat it, right and uh <clears throat> so slowing it down to buy us some time to try to get some uh, uh, information in the hands of healthcare providers to get the word out mm-hmm. that this is coming to, sh- to you know my academy meeting the American Academy of Hospice Palliative Medicine just canceled their academy meeting mm-hmm. I think that's smart South by Southwest canceled yes. that sucks but Terrible. but you don't want another Philadelphia right. common what the not hell sure was what that, that was you don't want another Philadelphia um, uh, episode. What yeah. the shit? Uh, Where is that coming from? Is that coming from Alexa? That's her. Yeah, she's she's offline. It looks like. Oh, okay. Is she? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. No, that's a notification. That's oh. okay. I, I wish she wouldn't do that. Yes. Um, the uh, we don't we don't want another example of what happened to Philadelphia yeah. in 1918, where all those people got together and just were just spreading the virus to everybody. Um, you know. Yeah. 
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So uh, I heard South by Southwest isn't giving people their money back, though. That's my understanding. Yeah, they, <laughs> and, and, I, and I think that, I almost say it's maybe it's Cayocho in, uh, in Miami, I think, is doing the same thing. They're canceling. Um, a music festival in Miami and not offering refunds. Cayocho. I think Calle Ocho. Calle Ocho. Eighth Street. Yeah, South by Southwest refusing to issue refunds after being canceled due to coronavirus. So this is from page six. So this will be pretty uh, sensational reporting yes. here. Let's see what they have to say. This year's music festival season is headed south fast. <laughs> After Austin canceled its long-running annual South by Southwest Festival due to concerns over the spread of coronavirus, the company behind the festival is now refusing to refund thousands of ticket buyers their purchases. South by Southwest's original terms and conditions of participation states, okay, here we go, go any and all payments made to SXSW are not refundable for any reason, whoa, Hmm. including without limitation failure to use credentials due to illness, Acts of God, travel-related problems, acts of terrorism, loss of employment, and or duplicate purchases. According to a spokesperson, however, they will be honoring tickets for future... This is a pretty good deal for them, because if they don't have to give that money back and they don't have to pay the talent, Mm -hmm. they just made themselves quite the... uh, Quite the... uh, Oh, goodness gracious... Now, Moogfest got canceled this year. They gave everybody their money back mm-hmm. immediately, mm-hmm. you know, and it was canceled for other reasons. But I bet this same wording was in theirs, and they just said, "Well, we're we're just giving it back." Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. And I think I told you we're going to the big festival over in North Carolina. It's a Americana Bluegrass Festival, the Merle Festival, and yeah. I'm really concerned about that mid-April. I think all of these festivals are going to be canceled. Probably for a while. some, yeah. Says we're allowing registrants to defer up for up to three years through the 2023 event. We're also working on other ways to add value to their deferred registration. So not only will they be able to take advantage of a future future South by Southwest, but there will be extra benefits included as well. Okay, all right. Well, you know, I I get it. Mm-hmm. If they'll honor them in the future, then that's fine. Sure. Although they ought to give people the 
the option to refund. You know, what if yes. this was you're on your bucket list and you're on your last legs? Yep. Like, I just want to go to South by Southwest one time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this damn coronavirus. Right. They're not going to be there three years from now. Yeah, you've already spent your, your vacation for the year. It's like, you know, you can't come back in August when they're going to have it. Yeah. It's like, well, fuck. <laughs> no. no vacation. Well, that happened to us once. No. With another When the, the Iraq War... Um, broke out they canceled our trip to rome mm-hmm. i hell i took a damn italian class <laughs> io parlo un po' italiano studiato uh, studiato per tre mesi soltanto you studied so, for 3 months italian yeah very good yeah so um uh, but I was ready to go, and then they canceled it. And then when they rescheduled it, it was like a week before Tacy's due date, and she was still trying to figure out how to how to <laughs> make it work, but it just didn't happen. Oh man! So anyway, yeah. Um, so where? What else? Yeah, that's, that's about it. So don't we have any questions on like penises? We or do. Poop or something? We do. We do. Um, I was going to see if there was something else that I wanted to talk about about this, but I can't remember what it was, but it's okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. One guy called in about he's got ankylosing spondylitis. Okay, sure. And ankylosing spondylitis is an inflammatory, you know, bone and joint disease. And those folks, like others with like rheumatoid arthritis or psoriasis, Crohn's disease, take these things called biologicals. Mm-hmm. And he was wondering if um, that was going to be a problem. So I went to arthritis.org, and this was an update from March 6th. And uh, so they take these biologicals. What it does is suppresses their immune system, well, yep. one part of their immune system, not the whole thing, but just mm-hmm. one part of it. It says, uh, we don't know whether taking immunosuppressant drugs further increases the risk of catching COVID-19. But Michael George, a rheumatologist and assistant professor of medicine and epidemiology at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, by the way, the site of the Philadelphia parade in 1918 that uh, exploded uh, the influenza uh, epidemic, but uh, says that, but they've learned a lot since then, mm-hmm. uh, says that in relation to viruses in general, limited data suggests some of the drugs used to treat autoimmune and inflammatory types of arthritis, particularly biologicals and corticosteroids, may contribute to higher risk or severity of viral infection. A recent large study of people with cardiovascular disease found that hydroxychloroquine, that's Plaquenil, does not increase the risk of infection, and methotrexate, which is another immunosuppressant we used used to use as a chemotherapy drug, um, uh, increases the risk of infection only slightly. The concern with immune suppression is that the virus could replicate more freely, sure, and cause more severe or extensive disease. For this reason, it's important if you're taking these medications to contact your doctor right away if you think you've been exposed or experiencing flu-like symptoms, so they don't know. We just don't know. Uh, the better part of valor is to be really careful if you're on a biologic, and a lot of people got to be on them. Mm-hmm. I was able to wean myself off my prednisone, which I was taking for my um, polymyalgia rheumatica, and uh, actually I feel okay. So I've, I've been off. I've been on a milligram for about a week, and tonight I'm not taking any. We'll see what happens. So because it's all about me, don't <laughs> you know? Right on. All right. Okie doke. Well, let's, yeah, let's take a regular question. Are you ready to do that? Let's do it. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. Oh, and by the way, assholes, literally and figuratively, don't go buy all the toilet paper. No. What do you, how much shitting do you need to do? You know, people are making masks. Because they're out of masks. Okay, let's talk about masks masks. for a second. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're doing. Stop with the masks unless you have it. Right. So you don't cough on other people. So when you do (laughs) cough, you're not spreading droplets. The stuff is spread by droplets, which means when I cough, I'm, you know, if I'm standing in the middle of a room and let's say there's, it's, the, the walls are 100 yards away. So I'm in the middle of this giant room and I cough, there will be a spray of droplets in front of me and they will hit the floor. They don't stay in the air. This is not an airborne disease. Gravity. So gravity will pull them to the floor. Now, if there's a table there and I cough on the table, those particles can stay there 
and may be active for some time until somebody washes it. So mm-hmm. it could be up to nine days. They don't know. Oh, wow. But water, soap and water kills the shit out of this thing. This virus is very fragile in the in the presence of soap and water because mm-hmm. uh, it has an outer membrane that has to remain intact or it can't function. And that membrane is just wiped away by soap and water. Okay. So uh, now I couldn't find antimicrobial wipes at the at – the, um, store which was idiotic also mm-hmm. and uh but you can use things like if you're going to fly and you want to wipe off the seat or the the, the whatever the armrest mm-hmm. you can use electronic wipes those have alcohol and benzalkonium chloride and all kinds of crap in them mm-hmm. whatever's in that mm-hmm. and uh that'll work just about as well to be honest with you mm-hmm. and uh but people were like oh you know, I, I, I took a picture of the empty aisle of the Clorox wipes completely wiped out in my grocery store. And people were like, just go to Amazon, boomer. And it's like, OK, millennial, go to go to Amazon and try to buy it. Well, because you're saying that tells me you haven't even bothered, right. you know, to to. And, and if you go there, yeah, they have it. It's on their website, and the shit's all, like, will be delivered April 16th or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so. Not two so day, stop buying. Not, not two-day delivery. <laughs> stop buying this stuff. Yep. You know, take some natural precautions. If you think that you may be at risk for being quarantined for a while, then you need some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought a couple of cases of ramen just so my kids can eat. Sure. Uh, just in case, you know, we get stuck in the house. But the thing is, I'm a health care provider. Unless I get the virus, I have to go to work. Right on. You know? So. We did buy a couple extra bottles of liquor just in case. Yes. I think that's perfect. <laughs> vodka. Because, you know, vodka. You're going to use it anyway. You, you, you could use it as cleaner or you could well, drink it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's dual purpose. It's a, now, you're supposed to have 60% alcohol for uh, your hand, uh, you know, your hand yes. gel to work. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, vodka being what forty percent, it's eighty proof, right? Yeah, yeah, won't 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 do the trick. No, the Tito's people are saying, please don't use vodka as a hand sanitizer. Jeez, Just no. drink it. Drink it. That's what's for? Enjoy. All right. Yeah. So stop with all this hoarding shit. I saw people fighting. Now look, if I was bought up all the toilet paper, like mm-hmm. this woman who wherever she was, I think it was in another country. Uh, there's a viral video, <clears throat> no pun intended, and she bought a bunch of uh, toilet paper, and it was all gone. She bought the last of it, and this woman behind her said, "Can I just have one of them?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, it's mine." And then they start fighting, and they're fist fighting, and they had to break them up, and all this stuff. It's like if I li- if seriously had bought all the toilet paper, and somebody behind me wanted toilet paper, I would let them have one. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how much ass wiping must you do? And what do you think is going to happen? This isn't a zombie apocalypse. And honestly, if there is a zombie apocalypse, the last thing you're going to be worried about is wiping your ass with tissue paper. Yep. Cut it out. Yeah. And, you know, I was there the other day, and what was it? There was, um, well, I needed Ziplocs, and I was going to get two boxes of them. And there was only two, and I figured, oh, shit, people are hoarding Ziplocs. So I only bought one of them. Mm -hmm. Let somebody else be the asshole to take the last one. That karma's on them. All right. So we do the Ronnie B? We did. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. Hey, I'm wondering if there's any type of underlying condition that I'm dealing with. Okay. Um, I called in a while back mentioning... uh, if you eat, like, steak fries too fast, or notice even with bread, you'll feel like a weird choking sensation, and it's very, very bad. But I've noticed that I had that just recently. I was really hungry. I don't know if I just ate too fast, but it was just just a, like, grilled chicken breast, you know, with, with some barbecue sauce. And I ended up kind of having the same thing, but I've never really had that with eating too fast or being too hungry, but you had said it was a starch from, like, something like a chunky potatoes, french fries, something like that, but I'm having that with even chicken. This is the first time it happened with the chicken. Okay, we don't need the Could full menu. Could there be menu. some kind of underlying thing? <laughs> I think yes. at one point I what had bird, I think I'd gotten rid of that. But um, 
is there anything that be concerned about, or is it? Well, what if it's what chicken it, of the sea? I wonder. That's if right. <laughs> or chicken of the cave, which is where uh, COVID nineteen came from. Right on. Um, <clears throat> yeah, was it was the chicken sous vide, or was <laughs> it done in the pressure canal? Okay, dude. Sorry, I, I don't. I I I never want to make anybody feel sorry that they called. So no. Um, he could have an annoying issue, for sure. He has a, an esophageal stricture of some sort. Yeah, maybe a hiatal hernia. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, which one, would one cause a stricture sure. of the esophagus. Sure. I, I mean, a functional stricture. It doesn't have to be, you know, from scar tissue or anything. Sure. So something is causing food. You should be able to pretty much eat as fast as you want to. As long as you're not aspirating it into your lungs, you should be able to eat pretty fast. You should be able to stand on your head and eat upside down and peristalsis should bring that food into your stomach mm-hmm. we used to have to do that experiment when i was in like sixth grade or something they'd stand us on our head and make us eat an apple and you could see how the how uh, you know you could still swallow it and right. it still ends up in your stomach it's crazy so um yeah if you're eating and food is getting stuck that warrants evaluation because the question is what's doing it right. do you have scar tissue because you've had chronic reflux is there something pushing in on the esophagus? Do you have a diverticulum in your esophagus? In other words, a pouch mm-hmm. in the esophagus so it's not a smooth tube going all the way down? That needs to get checked out. So who would do that? Well, if it's way upper, well, you know what? It should be a GI no matter anyway, what because yeah. he's swallowing. He's not aspirating. So yeah. I was thinking, you know, if you have way upper symptoms, uh, then sometimes an ear, nose, and throat guy can look down there with uh, – with a fiber optic, but no, you need to go to a gastroenterologist. Tell them you have a sensation of food sticking, started with bread, and now it's things like meat. And what they'll do is they will have you uh, not eat anything after midnight, come in in the morning, uh, stick a needle in your arm, give you some goofy juice, and they'll go, yeah, and well, you won't even be aware of it yeah. because they'll go, okay, count backward from 10 or whatever, and you go 10, 9, and then you go... I don't know. Should I finish counting? When? And then you know, and then yet? you you open your eyes. <laughs> what what are they doing? And they're done. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like that. Yeah. Um, I, the last one of those I had. That's how it happened with me. Is they said we're going to give you some medicine, and I laid there and laid there and laid there, and I said, when are they going to start? Right on. And they were already done. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. What just happened? They were just giving me a second to wake up. It was really cool. It's mm-hmm. a neat It's a neat feeling. And then they can look down there and see what it is. Is right. it something to worry about? Is it something we can easily fix? If you've just got a little scarring down there because you've had reflux your whole life and acid has gone in there and sort of scarred down part of your esophagus, they'll just go down with a dilator, open it up, and they may have to do that every once in a while mm-hmm. until that part of your esophagus learns that it doesn't need to keep scarring down anymore because they're going to treat that reflux. Right. All right. So, uh, yeah, but get that checked. Mm-hmm. You said you called earlier and asked the same question, and I'm sure we told you the same damn thing then. you got This time you got to go get it checked. Quit fucking around. Okay. I'm dropping the F-bomb a lot. I'm not in a good mood today. i got to tell you that. It's, stuff with my job is not... Mm-hmm. Making me a little stressed right out. Now. A little bit. So I'm sorry for the hey, French. Steve. How yeah. the heck are you? I'm good, man. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. What he's doing is responding to the person that called saying, I hate it when Dr. Steve pretends like they're live calls. They're not live mm-hmm. calls. These are voicemails. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody got pissed because, you know, someone goes, hey, Dr. Steve. I go, hey, man. Hey, man. I'm not trying to fool anybody, but now I'm going to try to fool somebody. If someone tunes in right now, they may be fooled. (laughs) Hey, Dr. Steve. Hey, man. How the heck are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Good, I'm I'm good. Yeah, what you got? Thanks for asking. Uh, Anyway, I had a question, (laughs) if I may. Okay, absolutely. Hang on. Yep. Uh, Well, I'm getting to it. Okay, well, get to it. Come on. Listening to your podcast the other day, becoming a doctor in the path that you set out upon after meeting a guy who was a doctor, and you're like, "Jeez, I'm smarter than this." Yes, right. For people that don't know, you just go back and listen to last. It was either last show or the show before two, I told the story. Two ago, yeah, two ago. But um, how I became 
uh, of how I realized I could go to medical school because the my men this guy who I was mentoring who was just dumb as a box of rocks uh, was a turned out to be a physician so so anyway I've had some college I'm relatively smart much so I like to say yeah uh, I'd love to go into a specialty uh, ear nose and throat I find that interesting I've it's awesome always been dealing with sinus issues and my ears and my eyes and my nose and also my throat. So, you know, uh, what would you suggest? What would you think would be a good a jumping off point, a, a start, yeah. a, get, get the toe in the water, you know? Uh, I can totally I help. Go? Is there a school where they teach people to be doctors and stuff? <laughs> uh, yes, it's called medical school, my friend. So, Yes. So you want to be an ear, nose, and throat. Uh, you're putting the cart a little bit before the horse, but that's okay. It's good to have goals and reasons to do things. So you're uh, interested in ear, and that's a great field. It's so cool. You get to pull stuff out of people's noses, and you get to do cool procedures, and it's a really good one. If I had a thousand-year lifetime, I would definitely go back and do an ENT residency because it is fascinating. And um, I, Dr. Pillsbury in, um, uh, at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and uh, Newton Fisher, uh, those two um, were my role models. And uh, they were um, amazing ear, nose, and throat physicians, along mm-hmm. with their partner, Dr. Biggers, who also was, was great and one of, one of the people that uh, taught me a lot about medicine. But anyway, um, so the first thing you got to do is get in. You got to get into medical school. You can't be an ENT without an MD, and you can't get an MD or a DO without going to either med- medical school or osteopathic school. So, uh, how do you get in? Well, you have to um, decide: Do I want to go to an MD school? Do I want to go to a DO school? Or do I want to do both? Get catalogs from both, and what you want to find is their prerequisites. What classes do you have to have to get in now? If you took those, let's say one of them is, you know, you got to have a semester of biology. And let's say you made a D on it. You need to go back and take it again. <laughs> yes. Do what I did. I was a, what I called a post-baccalaureate student taking baccalaureate studies. So you go back and you say, look, I want to go to medical school, but I don't have the prerequisites. I, I farted around, and now I'm really motivated. Uh, and so you go to a summer session, take Chemistry 101. Get Shams College Chemistry, get a chemistry study group, and do nothing but that for that semester. It's going to be really fast because it's a summer session. It's going to go fast, but you're just taking one class. And painful. Live it. Breathe it. I didn't find it to be painful. I found it to be stimulating because you're now learning some stuff that's really going to apply to you sure. later, and there's a reason to learn this dumb chemistry now. Oh, I know it, I know. And you didn't know... Doesn't mean you, you had to like it, though. When you were in, well, <laughs> you, you should like it. Make yourself like it. Make yourself love it. Love it. And get, you know, do what I did and get like 115 mm. average in that, and then when you go to the post-baccalaureate, you know, to go um, get your past post-baccalaureate classes, you show that to them. Because they'll let anybody take a summer session. Mm-hmm. But for you to go for a semester and take a bunch of um, uh, you know, prerequisites for medical school, you've got to demonstrate to them that you're going to be somewhat successful. Mm-hmm. So you've aced your Chemistry 101 and Chemistry 102 in summer session. Now you're going to take biology, um, uh, organic chemistry, physics, and calculus all at once. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take it all at once. But if you want to do this quickly, if you're a little older, you want to do it as fast as you can. You can do it all in one year. Some of these things you may already have. If you took calculus before and you made an A in it, you, you don't have to retake it. Yep. But you got to get those prerequisites. And, and, and the medical school catalog, or you can just go online and get it. I want a catalog. I'm, I'm 100 years old. Uh, it, they'll tell you what the prerequisites are. So you mm-hmm. got to get all that under your belt. That's a minimum. You have to do those. Right. And you need to show them that you can make A's in that mm-hmm. because what the admissions committee is going to see is, well, there's this older person coming through. We need to see that they're able to succeed. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that they're capable, that they're, they're truly motivated. So for me, you know, they saw B, B plus, B minus, A in my major. I made A's in my major, but everything else was B, B minus, maybe a C here and there. Sure. Um, and then all of a sudden, I go back to take my prerequisites. It's A, 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 A. I'm right. on the dean's list for the first time. I got a four O. You know, if I had done that before, I would have graduated magna cum laude. You know, but I didn't. But uh, it looked good. You know, when they're looking at your transcript. Now, you will then, this is excellent preparation for the MCAT, the Medical College Admission Test, but don't just rest on that. You want to also take like Stanley Kaplan or Sylvan or whatever to, you know, MCAT preparation course, because you need to nail that too. So take an MCAT preparation course, you will, all this stuff will be fresh to you. For me, when they had physics questions on the MCAT, well, hell, I just took it for everybody else. They took it their freshman year to get it out, mm-hmm. out of the way, you know. And then you have to nail the interview because you'll get an interview if you do all the things that I told you. Mm-hmm. And you have to nail the interview. You need to be interesting and you need to point out stuff that you've done that your life experience has shown you that a kid just getting straight out, you know, going high school, college, medical school won't have. For me, it was championship wrestling, believe it or not. My second interview with a faculty member was 100%. She went, oh, I see you did championship wrestling. It's like, yeah, sure. She said, what was that like? We talked about that the rest of the time. I told championship wrestling stories. Mm -hmm. She was fascinated. And I know when the admissions committee brought my chart up. They said, "That is that that guy that did championship wrestling? And they're like, yeah, that's that guy. Boom, you're in, yeah. okay? Because everything else fit. Right. You want to stand out a little bit. Yes. Oh, also volunteer. You need to volunteer at some places. Volunteer at a nursing home. Any damn thing. You know, any damn thing. But yeah. a nursing home is a good one because it shows that you have compassion for the most vulnerable or, you know, at a daycare or whatever, but it needs to be in a medical capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. They do love having people that are athletes are part of teams. Yes. That have done things like that. Some accomplishments. You need to, what have you accomplished in the time that you weren't thinking about going to medical school? And made a difference. How did that make you want to, now going in there and say, well, I want to, be an ENT because I have sinus problems. Because I love Dr. Steve. That might be the beginning <laughs> of the conversation, but you need to, you know, I've done some research and I found right. out that, you know, you can really help people with this, but <laughs> I just really want to help people. And, you know, I'm just called to do it. That kind of that kind of language will get you a long way in there. So mm-hmm. good luck with it. Let us know if you really do decide to pursue it. It's a long slog, but I will tell you, I was 27 when I went to medical school and, uh, now I'm 64, and I'm. It was the greatest thing that I did, other than having kids, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that year of prerequisites, I was like an effing sponge, dude. I learned so much stuff; it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. There's Tacy, but we're almost out of time. We're working on a new song, "Band of Horses," uh, song called "The Funeral," which has uh, got nothing to do with anything. I just it's a cool song, so we're not trying to be. You know, whatever, too dark for the room, man, or anything like that. But it'll, uh, yeah, and we'll we'll have that for you next time, maybe. Right on. That'll be the time after next. Yeah, because I think we're running a a special next week, and then, <clears throat> and then we'll be back to regular stuff. And we, maybe we'll do a music episode. We'll probably need episode. to at that point. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teff, Lewis Johnson, Paul Charsky, Eric Nagel. Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, who's early support of this show, has never gone unappreciated. By the way, I've always uh, used traded plugs for your time on this show. Now that you're taking uh, Simply Herbals off the table, am I going to have to start paying you for doing this? Yes, cash. Lots well, it's cash. been nice knowing you, dude. <laughs> Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks, Scott.
Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.